0: This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by James Lohman, Chief Executive of the Association of Convenience Stores. We're here to discuss, are the government leaving convenience stores high and dry as energy bills are set to skyrocket? Thank you for joining us, James. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome.
1: Tell us about your role at the Association of Convenience Stores. Well, we are the representative body for the UK's 48,000 convenience stores. Those stores employ over 400,000 people. And we provide a really essential service for local communities selling food and drink, but also services, making services available. So most of the UK's post office is located in convenience stores, other services for bill payments, collecting parcels, offering free-to-use cash machines and and, and all those sorts of things. So a really important centre for communities. And it's our job to try to represent them to government so that we can make sure they have a a viable and vibrant future. You mentioned the figure of 48,000 stores that you cover.
0: How many convenience stores are estimated to be at risk of closure and how many jobs are at risk?
1: We think that number is around 7,000, so sort of about 15% of the sector. And the way you've got to that figure is by talking to energy brokers and surveying members on their contract renewals. Because the key point here is, when did you have to renew your energy contract? So there are some retailers might have struck an energy contract in 2021. They might be in that contract for four or five years and they're probably paying... 15, 16, 17p a unit or something like that, and keep that figure in mind when I do a comparison in a second, if you were uh, through no fault of your own had to renew your energy contract in around August, September last year, the absolute peak of the energy market prices, you would be paying about 75, 80, 90, even over a pound a unit. So compared to that 15, 16, 17p, we're talking about trebling, quadrupling or even more on that cost. And in, in cash terms, that means that if you're fortunate to be on a lower, a more typical historical contract, you might be paying 20,000 pounds a year, um, if you signed a contract like that, you could be paying 70, 80, even a hundred thousand pounds a year. So that blows the economics of running a convenience store out of the water. You know, it's not close. It's not it's not a case of how do we cope with this extra little cost? It is it blows it out the water. It doesn't work. So that is that group of people. And we think there's nearly 7000 stores would fall into that category. We think is that group of people who really need urgent help from government. And it's worth saying they are getting that help right now. The government has a scheme in place to help businesses through to the end of March. But then that slips down to a very, very low level of support, which is spread across everyone. And I'm afraid that without further support, some of those 7000 businesses we think will go under. And I think that would just be a tragedy for obviously those businesses and those colleagues, but for those communities as well. You mentioned the fact that this support is coming to an end. How did this support come about initially? Well, the government recognized back August, September last year that domestic consumers had a price cap, and that there was obviously, you, you, you remember, lots of still now to talk about what that price cap level is and what it means, how much uh, households will be paying. But, but there was no such scheme in place for businesses, so they they brought in what was an effective price cap. It's not technically a price cap, but I mean, let's for argument's sake say it's a price cap. So businesses aren't are paying; their unit costs are being uh, subsidized by government, and that this that is a very good scheme. And it's, I really want to make that clear that the government has supported businesses significantly in this way up until now. But then they said, well, that support can't can't carry on forever. Correct. That's a, you know, there can't be a situation where governments constantly subsidize the energy bills. So they wanted to target it much more carefully for the next period of time. So from April this year, April 2023, for the year ahead. And actually, they, they, in looking at how they might target it at the sectors and at the businesses who needed it most, they just couldn't do that. They failed to do that. And they just came in with this very low level of energy support. So you remember I talked about the uh, typical unit prices of, typically in the past 15, 16p a unit, now up to 75, 80p a unit, they're subsidizing that to the tune of 2p a unit. So it's a very small um, proportion. So if you were paying 20,000 before, you pay 80,000 pounds now, you're probably still paying 78,000 pounds now. It doesn't touch the sides. Sorry, throwing loads of figures about that. My point is it doesn't touch the sides in terms of helping those businesses. So what they fail to do is find a way of targeting that support. Uh, the businesses who most need it, the businesses who renewed at that time, in sectors that have got a really important community role and really need, and I think we think deserve that support for a little bit longer.
0: You mentioned briefly about not necessarily throwing figures around, but I suppose if you're running a convenience store and if you're running any business, and obviously this is podcast radio business, they will say to you, it's all about the numbers. And I sure. think, and we need to drill down those numbers, if you don't mind, because I think that's really important for convenience store owners who are listening and all business owners who are listening generally for them to be aware of the actual numbers that are being yeah. quoted here. And if you could help us
1: with that, that would be fantastic. You've got the cost per kilowatt hour. So the, the cost that you are paying, and that's for every, you know, units of, 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 and for our sector, it's mainly electricity. We're talking about here. It's not generally gas. There are, there, the gas is used in some ways for power, some equipment and so on. But it's mainly about electricity. So that cost typically, you know, in, in normal times, probably about, say, 15, 16p an hour. The point is that the wholesale market rate has now come down from retailers paying 80, 90p an hour, that typically, in the if you're going to the open market now, you might get 38p an hour, something like that. And obviously, prices will change all the time, but it's that sort of level. So if you're a business anyway, looking forward, you've got to think about probably a doubling of what was a normal cost for energy. So it's going up from that sort of 16, 17p up to high 30s is probably normal. I think that'll be the case for a long time, I expect. So businesses, all all businesses really going to have this challenge of recalibrating their, their model around those higher energy costs. And that's really serious. But we're not to trying to address that particularly, thats there's that, that a change in the market and business is going to have to adjust real challenge, but they have to do that. This is about businesses who are stuck in contracts paying much, much more than that. So as well as help from the government, what, could, what they could do and what the energy companies could do with encouragement or coercion from government or regulation, however they want to do it, is to mitigate the cost of some of those contracts. So you could say, if you're into the last third of your contracts period, um, we're going to let you out of that. You had you, you know you can go go back onto the market and negotiate. And yes, you know' those energy energy companies will have pre-bought some electricity. that they, have done their own contracts on the basis of the contracts they were striking with businesses and retailers and and other and end users. Um, so it's, fair, it's 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 reasonable to see how they they would not want to have to give up their contract straight away. But once they've been in that contract for a while, that 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 that, that the the impact of that pre-bought power, should no longer really apply. So that if they let those, those businesses back into the open market, strike a, strike a contract, they're able to get a much more realistic rate. They could also use what's called blend and extend contracts. So if you had another year to run, for example, at a really high rate, that p a unit or something like that, if you extended that for another year or 18 months, but brought down the rate to a much more manageable level, it might protect the supplier, but also allow the business to navigate what would otherwise be an impossible time economically. So there's government support, we need more of that. There's action from the energy companies, which the government need to promote. And, and as we think, they're going to have to compel some of those measures. And then the third part of it we're hoping for in the budget is incentives and support for green investment to bring, so energy efficiency and bringing down costs. All our members are looking at this anyway. The incentive to do this is enormous. And we've seen in the past, uh, you know, sort of 10 years, far more. The probably most obvious thing you see is doors on fridges. You know, as so when you go into stores now, quite often you're opening your doors to into in, the the fridge and that's really much really saves a lot of money uh, for the retailer and and, you know i think probably creates a more pleasant environment for the shopper as well so uh, we're seeing those sorts of investments but to help businesses to make those investments in other ways solar panels and and other ways of trying to make their businesses more energy efficient but that's great for the medium to long term the problem we have in the short term is that from april there'll be businesses who just are not going to be viable and and these are otherwise really Really viable businesses. You know, we're not here saying this is a basket case sector that would shut it's going to shut down unless it gets ongoing support from government. Quite the opposite. We're actually very resilient, we're very adaptable. We're not constantly going to government to ask for handouts, but for those businesses, it's just the sums just don't add up. So we need that short-term support to get through this period of time. So based on your earlier
0: figures, you mentioned briefly that maybe 7,000 stores were under threat. And would you say that ultimately what would happen
1: if these stores closed? What would be the impact on the local community? Yes, a really good question. What the impact of, of just that store store going? So we found and and we've got experience three years ago, almost exactly three years ago, there's that time when people started maybe using their local shops a little bit more because they were trying to access food as we, we entered into the pandemic and lockdowns and, and that period of time. And I think during that period and really throughout that whole pandemic experience and subsequent to it as as things have carried on, Consumers have really valued that service that local shops bring, that ability to shop very locally, to shop little and often. Um, So they're 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 managing cash flow to manage and reduce their food waste by shopping little and often, cut out unnecessary journeys, and also have that service and that lifeline of those products available locally. But it also goes into the services that we offer. So, I mean, ironically in this, when people are getting energy bill support, often they're claiming that. From their local shop, particularly people on lower incomes and and who are paying paying for their uh, electricity bills in their in their local shop through post office or pay point or those sorts of services, they're claiming back their support. So that sort of illustrates just how important we are as that outreach into communities and the breadth of services that we're we're providing to people. So I think those services will be missed just as much actually as the as, as the products are missed. The other big question is if a shop were to shut down, would another one just spring up in its place? Well, maybe over time, you know, there are new entrants coming into our market. We do see some of that, and we hope that would be the case. Um, but there would certainly be a hiatus. And actually, in in some of those areas, there may not be the the level of turnover, the level of of business in that area that would attract in a major, multiple player who need to have a certain uh, a certain market to play into in order to be viable. So, if you lose an independent retailer. Um, is another independent retailer going to go in there and make that commitment to the local community, build up those relationships, build up that reputation? That takes quite a long time. So it's much better to try and support these businesses. And it's much better for the public person and the and the, and the, the Treasury as well. Um, we, we think that saving these businesses and supporting these businesses would pay off in year one. When you think about the business rates, the corporation tax, the payroll taxes our members pay directly – not even taking account of the excise duties and the VAT, which is obviously another really important contribution we make, not even taking account of those, this the sort of support that we'd need to get through this period of time would pay off within year one for the Treasury. So it seems to me like a, a really in one had a really easy and straightforward thing to do. The challenge that the Treasury have got is how to target the support. And they've just got to work out a way of, of targeting it at those businesses that really need it, whether that's working with the energy companies or whether that's through um through more more direct support. But it would be such a waste to see these great businesses go over a single discrete issue, you know, one single acute issue which could, could drive some of these businesses out. So how can our podcast radio listeners and the
0: general public support the convenience stores during this time?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the most important thing is, you know, do you remember your, your convenience stores are there, your local shops are there? I mean, in a sense, we, we're in a fortunate position of not having to make a a plea for people to use convenience stores. Obviously, we want, we want people to use as much as possible, but we are we are um, becoming more and more relevant to people's lives. People are using us more. We're actually particularly relevant in the cost of living squeeze because of that location and shopping little and often and reducing food waste, all those things. That's what customers tell us is really, really important to them. So we're becoming more relevant uh, to people's lives. I always tell people to think about the range of services that are offered. I think that sometimes customers don't appreciate just how many things they can do at their, their local store and really encourage people to think about that. But also, we are part of a, a sort of business ecosystem. So your uh, listeners are, um, are business people in their own right. And so if they're doing you know business where they're sending parcels, well, think about your life if the local shop wasn't there through which to send a parcel, whether it's a post office or not, or to collect a parcel. Um, they might be uh, banking at the post office or another facility facilities made available at their local shop. They might need that. You know, we're part of that ecosystem, the infrastructure which supports lots of other businesses. And in many of the places we trade, we talk about the high street and yes, we're on the high street as we traditionally see that. But often we're in secondary areas, uh, housing estates, villages, those sorts of areas where there often aren't lots of other facilities available. But we can anchor some other specialist services in those places and make those really vibrant places To live and make them really livable places because you've got the services you need close to where you live. So I think we play a a broader role here than just businesses. I think that social role is really important and not in a sort of getting the violins out and thinking back to a sort of, you know, Hovis adverts about all this wonderful time we look back on. It's not about the past, it's about the present and the future. They're a really important, relevant role for people. And that includes business customers who use us. And business people um, use our businesses. So I think supporting this sector is, it makes sense for everyone. It makes sense for government. It makes sense for energy companies. And it makes sense for the wider business community as well. Thank you. So where can our listeners go to for more information? So our website is acs.org.uk. And on there, one of the things that um, listeners might be interested in, we have various reports on the on the sector. So setting up, I've used a lot of figures today about number of stores and employees and things like that, and a lot of information there, which people might find interesting. It is interesting. Uh, but also on this campaign, specific information on this campaign and what we're trying to do to get more support for those businesses beyond April. Excellent. So
0: James Lohman, Chief Executive, Association of Convenience Stores, thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Thanks very much. You're most welcome.